1: Low prices and
2: prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com.
0: Welcome to Chain Attack Grading Geekery. I'm your host Trevor, and uh. I play World of Tanks, at least right now.
1: I am Jay, <laughs> and I just finished playing Disco Elysium, and I was going to start... I've, I've owned Pillars of Eternity for ages, but Trevor gave me um, Divinity 2, and I've been... Divinity Original Sin, yeah. Yeah, Divinity Original Sin 2. And, and so I've started... Playing that game a little bit, it's it's interesting. It's it's uh it's a skill system game where in, instead of like I'm going to be in this class, it's like okay I'm going to take all these skills. And so um, it definitely uh, favors someone who's willing to either a find somewhere online who's who spent the time finding a build that you're gonna kind of crib or um, kind of digging in and learning their skill system and deciding what you're gonna uh, do with your your class. Uh,
0: I can tell you that you can play the game just willy nilly, pick skills as you go, um, sort of ending up being sort of like a bard class. But um, it definitely pays to <laughs> to figure out your combos, yeah. have a focus. Yeah. Uh,
2: and I'm Josh. I for some strange reason, well, I could tell you the mental path i got me here, but right now, in addition to playing lots of board games on Tabletop Simulator, I am playing Crusader Kings 2. And just, just last night, I arranged for my six-year-old niece to be murdered so that I, I could pursue a claim on the county over which she held title. Um, and you know what? I regret nothing.
0: <laughs> I love that you love to see the world burn. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, on that, on a similar note, um, the, uh, um, Total War Warhammer series was on sale on Steam, so I bought both one and two because I've never played them before, and then I promptly did what I do with all Steam games and did not install them and did not play them. Oh,
2: Oh, wow. See, now, I at least always install them and then promptly forget that they're there, which is basically what happened to Crusader Kings 2. I'm pretty sure I bought it two years ago. (laughs) Some like <laughs> and and the reason I'm playing it is that I uh, I read about a new game coming from one of the lead designers of Civilization Five, new game called Old World, that basically looks like Civilization, but there are character like every turn is a year in your character's life. And so you've got to be making decisions so that your dynasty will carry on, you know, as, as that character ages or is killed or whatever. So anyway, then it sounded like Crusader Kings 2, and yes. Now I am prosecuting wars in uh, middle, medieval Spain, for whatever reason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is episode one of our, our new format. One of the things that we've, we've had comments from uh, on people in the past is that they would like us to uh, get through the intro quicker than we did in some of our uh, previous podcasts. And so that is... Uh, our goal on on this one, that's something we're going to have happen. Um, but real quick, the start, I wanted to uh, remind everyone that Discount Games Inc. is still doing 30% off at of private Press items, and also you can find amazing gaming accessories from MuseOnMinis.com. So for this first episode of Grading Geekery, we thought that it would be interesting to. Do a review of an RPG called Kinzodden Bites. And this is one that both Josh and I have ran, and Trevor has not had any. uh, has not played it or or ran it yet, although I'm. I'm, I actually
0: know very little about it. I know very little about it. I I know the the general theme. I mean, it's basically um, uh, Stranger Things, the RPG. Yeah, Yeah, that's,
1: that's the exact elevator pitch of it.
0: Yeah, that's a great elevator
1: pitch. And one of the things I did was that I I thought it would be interesting to have this as uh, our first episode because given the current uh, situation that we're in with uh, the pandemic, et cetera, um, it's been ages since I've done a role-playing game, and it's also been uh, much longer than I would like uh, since I've seen some of my friends. And so I thought I would... Look at Stranger Things, or it's not Stranger Things, Kids on Bikes, and um, it's it's one that I am sold out of at Gameopolis. So I went to drive through RPG, and they have a free thirty-two page um, quick start, basically. And,
2: they can call it
1: the ash can, right? Right, yeah. Uh, which I, Trevor, can you uh, fill us in on what ash can means with RPGs?
0: Um. Sorry, it's been a while since I've even been in the community, but I believe the Ashcan stuff is, uh, like a formula where they make a, a quick game. Basically, it's a, it's a competition, um, where they take and they have a limited amount of time to create a sort of, um, a, a quick uh, version of a RPG. Am I remembering that right?
1: I think so. Um, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, this 32 page, um, Document. It obviously it's a little bit condensed on what is available. Oh, oh, for... interesting.
0: Sorry, I'm gonna interrupt you real quick. So, okay. I think that the term came from the Ashcan comic. I just looked it up really quickly. Uh, the Ashcan comic was basically a where they made a, a simple black and white comic to uh, establish a trademark or a on a particular character or basically a quick comic book to to be able to establish their control of of something. Um, And it was, you know, a throwaway sort of book. Kind of a self-published comic book.
1: Okay, so, and I know that there have been, like, Ashcan competitions where people, like, do kind of what you say, where they put something together quickly and then... And I I don't know, honestly, if Kids on Bikes started initially as this document and expanded into something bigger, or um, was something bigger and then uh, came down to this. But, so the the 32-page document... That um, that is available for free. Um, the the first four pages is like a, a title page and credits stuff like that. Um, and in the norm, it talks about in the normal version of it, it's going to have rules for making characters and also rules for collaboratively the party kind of um, working together to build the city that the adventure is taking place in um, and. The the one that you have as the free one already has the city, basically the broad strokes uh, created for it, and it already has I think around 12 characters that you have available to play, and there's, there's basically three ages in age categories in the game. There's children, there's teenagers, and there's adults, and I think that they probably have uh, four of each category uh, in there, and depending on which category you have, you'll have um, a plus one on two of your stats. Um, so I, I'm a little bit curious, Josh. Did you did you play the full version or the uh, the promo version like I played?
2: No. So yeah, I played the full version. What happened is that um, so my um, third daughter has really gotten more into RPGs more than any of my other kids so far. Um, in some ways, she is my um, nerdiest child so you know it's hard not to be proud sometimes and <laughs> uh like she's already played more D than i than i probably will ever manage to play now that i'm an old man with schedule and responsibilities. but anyway so we got her the whole package for christmas which is like the the core book and it came with like uh these character folders that look like 1980s um folders that you would take to school you know that type of thing and uh and, uh, so yeah, we played the fat version. I ran a one shot for my daughter and some of her cousins when they were, when everybody was together for Christmas this last year. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I was, I was really happy that I enjoyed it. Uh,
1: real quick, the, the six stats that, that they have are brains, brawn, fight, flight, charm, and grit.
2: And each of those stats basically gets, gets assigned a die, right, Jay? Uh, right up to a d20
1: correct yeah uh so that's something that would probably drive trevor a little bit crazy about the game he's he's big on dice mechanics and um i'm assuming that having kind of that big a swinging uh dice stuff is, is something that you wouldn't be super excited about trevor is that correct
0: i think it would depend a little bit upon how it's handled um i've i've played games that have similar mechanics where the stats go from um, you know, D4s to D20s, and they can, yeah, the the swing can be somewhat odd. I guess it can feel a bit weird. Um, it really, again, it depends heavily upon uh, upon how it's it's uh,
1: mechanics the, work out. Sure. The real quick, the way that the mechanics work out is the the GM. There's there's basically a table in here that says gives you example tasks and says this is going to have this difficulty rating and When you're in the game, the game master is going to set a uh, difficulty for the task, and uh, that's what the people are rolling to try to hit. Um, If you are... Let's say that it's a difficulty 7, and I have a d4, um, and I roll a 4, it will explode and I'll get a roll again. If I roll a 4 again, I won't get a roll again at that point. It'll stay at once I've beat the, the difficulty level it doesn't keep exploding. Um, so that's a real quick uh, summary of how the the dice mechanic works for the game.
0: so and, and so there's six steps sorry is it d4 d6, d8 D10 d12 and d20? Yes correct yep um, yeah there's some things about that that make my skin crawl a little bit I'll be honest <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will say that um, one of the things one of the things that I was looking for, um, with this game was something that um, I wanted to have pre-generated characters if possible, or ones that I could find on the internet, because um, doing that online with people seemed like it was potentially going to be a bit of a pain. And I also wanted it to be a fairly simple rule set where I didn't have to start the adventure kind of diving in on the nuts and bolts on this is how the game works, and have it be kind of a more story-centric uh, game. Sure. And, and I did feel like the, the the free download that they provided did a pretty good job of, of doing that and it, I was I was happy with what they um uh, it turns out that it was worth the value at free <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: well let me so let just me just to add to
2: that oh so go ahead
0: Jeff. I was just gonna say let me defend my position a little bit So sure, yeah. I would I would be a little bit happier if the range was say D four to D twelve or even better say D six to D twelve um you know I, I don't mind as much if it's that shorter of a range uh, between the bottom and the top. The idea of of a one to four chance with a twenty five percent chance of 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 um, exploding Exploded. versus right. a one to twenty chance, with a a five percent chance of exploding, I th- that sort of idea just doesn't really jive well with me. I also would would have rather if you're going to go for simple, why not go with below average, average, and above average, and then do D6, D8, and D10. So so anyway, sure. I just I you know I I think that sometimes um in RPGs uh when we try to simplify, maybe we don't simplify enough, or we simplify in a way that adds quirkiness that is doesn't necessary. So anyway, that's just my opinion. Sure. So what I was
2: going to add, Jay, just so you know, is that, that I felt like the value of the full product was uh, even greater than the value of the free product, because the, the thing is chock full of, like, kind of pre-generated ideas, scenario sure, ideas, yeah. you know, it's got characters in there, uh, and it's just, it's it's really a, um, well, we can get into it in the radio, but I just thought it was a beautifully produced book, too,
0: Sure. the, yeah. the, the final product, so. So, are there any skills or anything? Or is it just based on these simple stats?
1: It's just the stats, basically. Well,
2: yeah, there are, they're not skills. There are traits that you can have that, okay. um, that kind of provide some extra little things like, um, I'm trying to remember. Like, it, basically, it will give you adversity tokens sometimes, and you can use adversity tokens to do different things. It's, so, so for example, I was just trying to find one, like, the trait easygoing. When you fail, normally you get an adversity token. If you're easy going, you get two adversity And so when you, when you, when you, uh, use adversity tokens, that's a way that you can improve your die roll or, or re roll a, a bad roll type, type of thing, right? So there are things like that. Protective gives you a plus three bonus when you're defending one of your friends. So, so there are those type of
1: Yeah, real, real quick to reemphasize what Josh said. One of the, the core mechanics of the game is, let's say that I do an attack. And I, I miss, doesn't do anything, or let's say I'm defending and, and they hit me, um, I will gain an adversity token and I can use that to either power certain abilities or I can use that to modify, turn in to modify a die roll by plus one. Um, and there's, there's two types of checks. There's planned actions and snap decisions. The, Planned actions are one... It's, it's kind of self-explanatory, what you would expect. But if like time isn't really an issue, you can, instead of rolling, you can take half of your die. And so if I'm a really strong guy, I have a d20, and um, I can just... If it's a planned action, I can just have a 10 as my roll for that, which is um, quite high in a difficulty scale. Um, whereas a snap decision like if I'm in a fight or something like that you you have to roll it and you can't take the average of your die um, and then one thing that's that's and this is this is probably true of a little bit more of modern role-playing games but one of the things that I've liked and was that I'm kind of impressed by is that it it kind of focuses on trying to have the RPG experience be a collaborative effort and one of the first things that you do, is talk about, you know, these are the things that I would be really excited to see happen in the campaign. Uh, These are the things that I don't want to see at all in the campaign. These are the things that I don't care for in the campaign. Um, So some communication, stuff like that is good. Um, Also, it it seems to also have a, like when you're trying to do a skill instead of, let's say the the goal is to get by someone. um, If you can think up of, a reason why a certain trait is going to work better than another one, or or why you're going to use that as a character, then uh, you can say, okay, I want to charm my way past him by sweet talking, or I'm going to try to run past him, you know, and use flight or etc. Right. right, right, yeah. Um, what did you have? Any other? I guess one other thing, real quick, is that there are uh, powered individuals, people who have superpowers. So it would be the
2: equivalent of 11 from Stranger Things.
1: Correct, yeah. And they're not going to be um, player characters. It's going to be something that's collaboratively ran by all the player characters and the, the GM. Um, and so I thought that that was, was also kind of an interesting is,
0: way is to do things. Is that something that's um, basically a core mechanic? Does, does it encourage you to do that every time, or is it just something you can do?
2: It, I would say that it encourages you to have it every time. Um, I think you could run one without it, but it really is you... trying to capture the spirit of like, you know, ET for example. So yeah, you, you know, no one player is going to be T, but all the players have an influence over what ET does or what happens with ET, right? Um, Were one, you asking? The, the Sorry, Trevor. Well, I was, the one shot that I ran. My my party had a, a little robot that you know was their powered character and so I, oh, cool. I think you can do some pretty clever things with it But
1: right. so trevor were you asking if this if the adventure has to have a powered character or no, if no it has i to be was, run collaboratively
0: no no i i was asking whether or not you had to have one i was more oh, okay. wondering wondering if it was a a recommended or encouraged part of the game um and etc josh answered my question so.
1: sure okay Um, So for the the quick start packet, I've basically gone through stuff. Then at the uh, end, it has information about uh, the the city and some potential plot hooks. Um, One of the things that would have been nice uh, for myself, uh, I would have liked to have seen just a a short written out adventure. Um, I ended up taking some of the setting that they did and... Um, made kind of a, a quick adventure out of some ideas from it. And when we played it, I would say that from them, another thing that they do at the start is you get your character and you'll ask questions about each other, um, like what what they're afraid of or what they, you know, why they're, what connection they have to other characters, etc. cetera. Um, and so that whole process, doing that, and then playing the the little short mini adventure that I had, Made for them. It, it, we played for about two and a half, three hours and we played it over FaceTime. The, the other people I was playing with were all together in one room. We're a family. Um, and it, it worked pretty well being able to do it over FaceTime. And it, I, I thought that three was a pretty good number of people for it, for doing it online. I, my personal thought is that when you're doing in-person RPGs, it's a little bit easier to maybe be getting up to four five or six, but with an online yeah. one, my, my personal feeling is that it's a little bit smarter to have it be a, a smaller number of people. But what did, uh, Josh, did you have any other, I guess, summary or thoughts or ideas on uh, comments on it before we start diving into grading it?
2: Uh, let's go ahead and dive into the grading. I, I was, I will just say that I agree with you about, it would have been nice to have a little bit more of a written out scenario. That even was true in the base book. Like what and, they have are a lot of almost plot seeds, right? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Good ideas, and oh, you might consider A and B. And and I was able to kind of the same as you build a fun short one shot off of that. Um,
0: but, it's sort of uh, it's sort of interesting to me that modern RPGs, in many ways, outside of D anD. D have uh, moved away from the pre-built adventure, like they right. expect us to have plenty of time to be able to craft our own campaign. Well, well, or like, and, they and it, know it that drives me nuts a little bit.
2: Follow a railroad anyway. Maybe that's part of the reason, but, but I'm with you, <laughs> Trevor, a little bit. Like I, 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 I understand. I a little more structure.
0: Yeah, but they don't have to give you a railroady adventure. They could definitely come up with something that um, provides you with some guidance and some options, and just give you a little bit more than just some simple adventure hooks. Um, but it's not, I I don't want to blame this, uh, RPG for that because it is industry wide.
1: Right. And one thing that I think is interesting to comment with that is that I got the definite feeling from it, that the intention is, is not so much even so that it's going to be a traditional, like the GM comes in with a prepared adventure and kind of like Josh says, railroads people down his path. Um, I think the the way that the designers kind of envisioned it was again more of a collaborative thing where the players are saying, "Well, I think it would be cool if this happened." And then, you know, the GM kind of facilitates that and then, you know, that kind of evolves like that. But the group that I was playing with, you know, one of them, I'm not sure she had ever role played before, and Yeah.
0: the the problem with that type of scenario is that sometimes it doesn't work unless you have the right group. Unfortunately. Right,
1: exactly, exactly. Like, I could see a group who's experienced role players who are assertive and enjoy that type of thing, uh, where that could work great. But that's not every play group, obviously.
2: Right.
1: Okay, well, let's dive into uh, grading the geekery. Okay. So, first category.
2: Design. So I'm going to say a couple things about this. For me, the book, uh, the art, the production, kind of the style of this product was really a lot of fun. I mean, it feels like, uh, an old school comic book is what you're looking at, right? So I love that. I love the style. I love, the, I love that. The, the rules, uh, the base mechanic rules are laid out and explained fairly well in the book. Okay. Then where they lose me is kind of what we've already talked about is the fact that they have essentially a lot of, uh, I think, I think what, how you called it an adventure hook. I mean, they, they almost have like setting hooks and adventure hooks all, you know, organized in, in a spot. And, um, and that just wasn't enough quite structured to me. So, uh, I lo- so that's how I feel about the design of the product. The design of the game, I do feel like it's simpler than trying to get somebody into Dungeons and Dragons, for example. Um, it's probably not as simple as what Trevor suggested. There are some ways that you could have made it even simpler. So my honest, my design number, I'll just spit it all out right here. I'm probably going to give this a six. I feel like the layout pulls it up for me, and the thing that I feel like it's missing is a more ordered scenario. You know, a usable. One one shot scenario um, in in the, the book and um, and then just you know some some design tweaks I think in the dice mechanics that could be a little better but overall a- above average for me uh, that's my design number
1: so I'm gonna give it a quite higher grade than Josh I think and and part of that is so for me it's something that Equals good design is if they know what they are, what they're trying to achieve, and if they do a good job achieving that. And okay, so I feel like with this game, um, it's it's very clear what they're trying to do, and we stated this at the beginning. It has a a perfect elevator pitch, and you know, there's for some people, the idea of a Stranger Things role playing game might not be exciting. Not be interesting. Right. Right, and and that's fine, um but that's not, you know, the design fault per se. They are they have a clear picture, this is what we want to do. And I think the other thing that they had with their design and granted this might be colored a little bit from the simplified free version, but you know, it, it felt to me that um they knew that they wanted this to be a accessible game. They want it to be Quick, you know, et cetera, and I think that they did a good job of of making that happen. And so, and, and in a lot of ways, I think that being able to um, pull off simplicity and do that well is something that's obviously a, a very. You good. feel they
2: deserve some marks for that.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: that's
1: fair. So, uh, let, let we, me, what's the yeah. I, I'm going to give an eight.
0: So, oh. my my question to both of you is that as you played this game, did you feel like you were watching Stranger Things?
2: Uh, objection, Your Honor, leading the witness.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, did you or did you not feel like you were playing You're playing Stranger Things at the table?
2: I mean, I did. I did, 100%. Because, yeah, I did, and the group I was playing with, I mean, it was my my daughter, the 17-year-old was the oldest, my younger daughter, who's, uh, who's 12, alongside of and they all, I think they came knowing Stranger Things, having an affection for Stranger Things, and this game, yeah, it did. It captured a Stranger Things feeling, a hundred percent.
0: Okay, so follow up question: If you'd never seen Stranger Things, would you feel like you were playing E.T.?
2: Also, yeah, I would have felt like okay. I was playing E.T. or The Goonies, or um, of okay. another '80s type adventure movie like that. But, but that really is the feel that it gives you, yeah.
0: That's good because any RPG, I feel like the um, core success mechanic is whether or not it evokes the uh, setting or genre that you want it to. I've played a lot of RPGs where I got done and I'm like, you know what? That didn't feel at all like whatever. Um, right. You know, the, there, there's, there's an RPG that I, I'm not going to name the name right now, but it was, it was an RPG about um, action movies and inner, inner uh, city violence. Okay. Uh, you know, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to evoke the modern nor feel of, of inner city police action movies. Okay. It never, it never felt like that at the table. It was never, it never felt gritty. It never felt, you know, hard boiled. It, it never yeah. felt like, that. Sure. um, sure. so in my opinion, if you walk away from the table thinking, wow, that really felt like we were in an episode of stranger things, then it's a success.
1: I, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, Josh has has Trevor's questions and, and my justifying my rating pulled you up any?
2: I mean look, I was trying not to start numbers creep in episode one, you know, of grading degree. <laughs> but yeah, you can easily convince me to say a seven.
1: Awesome. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, On so next time management, right? We have time management, yeah. So uh, actually I'm gonna I'm gonna grade this one higher than design because I think I feel like grading time management of a role-playing game is, is kind of tough because I feel like it's, your a group lot of it can is, really
0: affect... Right, a lot of it is on the DM or GM's shoulders.
2: Right, right.
1: And that's true,
2: but... but... but the kids on, yeah, the mechanics didn't ever get in the way. Like, I didn't I didn't have my group go into a combat, and an hour later we were finishing the combat, right? Like, like the truth is, I spent more time with the kids, essentially introducing their characters, like the opening scene of, you know, one kid wakes up, he's late to class, and the other kid, you know, like, we spent more time on that than any particular combat or any particular scene. So I feel like the game does a great job on its time management. I, I give it a thing. And again, I feel like your mileage may vary because of your group, but the design True. does not get in. The design does not
0: follow you through the game. Yeah, and, and that can be a problem in RPGs because I'll give you an example: uh, Shadowrun First Edition. Grab all, I mean, we're we are 0.6 seconds into the combat and we're four hours into the combat. Yeah. And I've got to, I've got to count up my D6 every time and I've got to roll this big pile of them. Right. You know, so, sometimes the game can get in the way of itself, and if it's doing that, then um, its time management can be poor. Uh, D and D 3.5. It got in its, in the way of itself sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've I played I've played games of third edition D and D where literally you know three or four rounds took four hours. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: and, that's, and sh- that's
1: that will never happen in this game.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: right. <laughs> um, I'll I'll go ahead and go with the eight as well for time management.
2: Uh, feels so good to be right.
1: <laughs> Uh, repeatability. So, I thought this did work well as a one-shot. Um, I could see making a campaign out of this, although, uh, honestly, th- and this is probably more a personal preference, um, I don't know that I would want to play in or run, like, a year-long, uh, adventure that is kind of this genre. Because it's, it, it's just not kind of, like, you can think of, like, the epic fantasy saga or the epic sci-fi saga but the the epic stranger things isn't really as much of a thing
0: well you can look at it like this you know even the tv show is starting to stretch the balance of of um of credibility credibility you, yeah you're wondering at what point are these kids going to stop having these strange things happen to them you know we're, we're moving into potentially season four soon and i'm starting to scratch my head going you know what this was better as a one or two season thing. Um, I be... not, not, that I didn't like season three. Don't get me wrong. I think it's still a great show, but it is the setting itself doesn't lend itself well to right. extend, extended. And it's so, almost well, that's sort of... the thing is I think, I think the repeatability of the
2: kids on bikes RPG is that it, it, it will be repeatable for about a fourth of content. You know, like you're saying, Dave, not a year. But I could see myself. I would love to have even the same group. My, my nieces and nephews and daughter. You know, I would love to run. You know, say eight eight episodes for them, right? And then sure. I could be like, yeah, that was fun. Let's let's put it back on the shelf now. And, yeah, like and, a, and maybe revisit it a few years later.
1: Right, exactly. Um, and one of so a couple comments on what both you guys said um, related to you, Josh. It does kind of feel like if you're going to do something extended something that is about the length of a TV series uh, would, would likely make sense. Um, right. And something related to what you said, Trevor, with Stranger Things, the TV series, like I understand the, why they made the choices they did, because the kid actors they have are actually quite fantastic. But in a lot of ways, it would have made more sense for them to do a different story in the 80s with a d- different set of people
0: yeah i mean it is hard to find child actors that are i mean they, they sort of hit amazing. Jack, yeah they sort of hit the jackpot in the group that they got
1: yeah they did um so uh,
2: so sorry what was your number jan repeatability
1: repeatability i'm gonna go with a six
2: yeah that no, no, feels I, right I, to I, me i, I, I could, I could be talked up to a seven a five. I, no i could be talked down. <laughs> i think <laughs> right that feels right but, but i would be talked
0: yeah, t- I'll be truthful to you guys. I-, I appreciate that you like the game, but this is the type of game that you buy, you enjoy, you think it's great, you play it once or twice and then it gets put on the shelf and maybe maybe you pull it out later. Right. But truthfully, it's worth your money, but that doesn't yeah. make it repeat it does not make it repeatable. So, I I mean, I, I can't right. give it a score because yeah. I haven't played it, but yeah. I yeah. I can I know enough about it right now to know that I would love to own it. I would play it once. I would create grand memories from it but i probably wouldn't pull it out again
1: one one thing that is and this is kind of um what you had said josh with doing again with a group over an extended period of time but you know we're getting to the age where um whether family members or friends they they move away and then they'll come back and visit and having something that's that's fun and light to be able to play with each other, um, is, is something that, that can be nice. And, and this is something that I think could, could fall in that category. Um, yeah, yeah, granted, uh, there's, I
2: think this is just, uh,
1: so next we have fun.
2: Uh, I, man. so again, I think this is informed by your group, but I think that the game sets you up to have a deal of fun, especially if you like the genre. I, you know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like that is an important part of this. I mean, for me, my fun score is actually higher than I think some of my ratings have been giving it because I'm going to, I'm going to give this, um, an eight. Um, if somebody made me feel curmudgeonly, I might go down to a seven, but it just feels like an eight. And again, I just had a good time. Like I, I was amazed because like I had a nephew playing who's like, he's like super athletic. I don't know that he, he, he very rarely plays games with, with us at all. He, a role for he was hilarious really of well and you know a fun little story and then the other one who surprised me is like my 12 year old she's a freaking ham you know but um
0: so i think
2: that it, it serves up uh, a meal that can be a lot of fun
0: so for me it's an age can i can i offer a potential counterpoint I, I don't necessarily agree with what i'm about to say but i i want to throw the idea out there um okay. do you do you feel like some of the fun that you feel in it is uh is because you're a child of the eighties.
2: Oh, that's a gr- that's a good counterpoint. I I thought maybe you were gonna ask me if it came from novelty. Because for me, playing and running RPGs is still a little bit of a novelty, right? I don't I haven't done it as much as I think either of you for sure. And I certainly haven't done it as much as I'd like to. Um, I'm gonna say no. I mean it's a great question, but I honestly think that even were I not a child of the eighties um, the way the game is put together, the way it brought the group together, the fun would have been, um, equal, you know? Play- so,
1: one way to kind of test this question is, um, it, it sounds like the playgroup that you ran this for were not children of the 80s. <laughs> <And> so. That's
2: true. That is true. How
1: did that seem to impact their enjoyment one way or the other?
2: Well, I see they're not children of the 80s, but they are fans of Stranger Things. So I feel like this goes back to your kind of design comment, Jay, that it did what it set out to do, right? That it, it painted this setting as kind of like um, – yeah, it painted the setting well enough that that's part of why they had so much fun with it.
0: Well, and yeah. to, to, argue, to argue against my own point, because I wasn't really – my heart wasn't in it, um, I feel like a lot of the movies <laughs> – That came from the 80s, the ETs, the Goonies. Those movies actually are probably more timeless than we give them credit for as children of the 80s. You know, we like to to toss them off as well. That was nostalgia. That was our kid, you know, our our age group. But truthfully, my daughter loves Goonies and Willow and ET as much as I do. And she loves Stranger Things. And she doesn't get all the jokes in Stranger Things because some of the things go over her head because she wasn't a child of the 80s. But that, Formula is still successful even today. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, it's funny. Is what's interesting about the setting I was just thinking about is that it, it captures that. You know, our kids don't know that you used to have to like find a payphone to call home. You know, right? They know that from watching Stranger Things. You know, they don't know about. A, I'm gonna say it wrong. What is it? 48 baud modem or whatever. You know, they don't know about that slightly lower tech. And it's funny because it's it's a sort of modern setting, but it's just long enough ago. That, that you can disconnect it from a fully modern.
1: Yeah, it right, also it, it, it also real quick it it, it creates some um, interesting things storytelling wise where you know you can't just Google any answer on the internet or you can't right. have instant contact with someone with a cell phone or etc. And so um, that that creates some interesting storytelling things for the the party as well. Yeah,
2: it's clever that way.
1: Yeah. So. Um, I'm probably going to go with. A seven for fun for the GM and eight for players, um, and, and that's just because for myself I almost always have less fun <laughs> running games than, than playing them. But
2: always um, the bridesmaid, never the bride, right?
1: Yeah, but but overall it, it was still a fun adventure to run.
2: Good. All right. So
1: overall, you start us off on this one, uh, um, you know, I, I guess. This will mostly just go back to what I, I said before, where I think that it does a good job identifying what it's trying to do and then fulfilling that. And so that that scores a pretty high grade for me with, with everything else because it makes all the others work fairly well. Um, so overall, I'm probably going to go with an 8.
2: Okay. I was... Uh... Trying to decide if I was feeling really mag- that magnanimous or not, um, and I just yeah I had a I had a great enough time it was it was easy enough for me to run as a GM and the truth is I'm not that experienced with the number right um, sure yeah but, uh, yeah for me I think it's I think the number is still a seven though I, I agree sure. with what Jay says it does do what it set out to do um, I, I think it could have done a couple things just a little better. Um, the power character thing was not as intuitive as I wanted it to be, right? But yeah, but I have I just
0: had enough fun that yeah, I think my overall. Are-
1: uh, Trevor, do you have any thoughts on the things we've gone over so far?
0: Um, no, I would say that I don't think my overall score would be quite as high as yours is. Um, I do yeah. think that it sounds like a great product, but um, there's some things about it that um probably wouldn't. Cause my score to be quite that high.
1: I'll also say probably one thing that colored my score a little bit as well is that right now it's a little bit difficult for me to um, do a longer role-playing campaign. Right. And so uh, a good product that kind of gives me a, a little bit of a taste of the role-playing experience without committing to you know meeting every Monday for four hours. <laughs> Right, is, is something that has value in my life right now, and so that probably raises my score with it a little bit.
0: Yeah, see, yeah, and I'm, sense. I'm, I'm sort of the opposite. I, generally, I don't look for one shots. I have a regular RPG campaign, and I like extended campaigns. And so, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I'd almost have to look for an opportunity to put together right. a one shot for it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Uh, okay, let's talk about audience. Um, I think we've probably hinted at it quite a bit. What I will say is based on my play group, I feel like this product would be a very good fit for young adults into like early to 20. I think the group's going to, um, you know, an older, an older role player like myself might, um, might, might as much, again, if they had the right group, they would. <laughs>
0: but, um... <laughs> You're breaking up bad, buddy.
2: But I... No, sorry.
0: But I, I did... Right? You,
1: you so, to summarize, you said that likely young adult to early 20s was the best audience?
0: Yes. I don't know, I heard... <laughs> 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 well, that's
1: why we had... We had me as the universal translator. <laughs> oh,
0: thank you, Pebblefish.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: um, I think that that's the, what Josh said is... is fairly accurate i'll i'll also say though that kind of piggybacking a little bit on what trevor said that people who are children of the 80s or who have a fondness for the 80s i think will also end up uh liking this quite a bit as well obviously
0: you know i think that this is the quintessential uh, one-shot style of game that it would be fantastic for a convention fantastic for right. a, a weekend getaway with the friends you had yeah. in high school yeah. um it is it is fantastic for the um, let's get together and play an rpg even though we haven't for a while sort of crowd so right. I, you know obviously if you fit in any of those categories it's probably a good thing to consider
1: okay so the i
0: good fit for a new
1: so i'm taking from those warbles that what josh said was that it would be a good <laughs> fit for people who were new to role playing oh okay
0: I, I I'm glad you could translate that because I couldn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So last one is go or no go. Uh, for myself, it's obviously going to be a go. Um. I'm I'm curious with you, Trevor. I'm assuming it kind of not being the a, a niche that you're really looking for. It's a little bit more of a no go.
0: Uh gosh, I'm sort of an RPG collector. I I have dozens, if not hundreds, of games that I've never played. Uh, There's a strong possibility that this is a go where it will be purchased, placed on a shelf, and then never played. Um, (laughs) You know, originally I thought this might be the right game for my kids, but truthfully, I think for me, my kids are—I'm wanting to get them involved more in a game that's uh, something that's extended. I I want to get them into a D and D game. I want to get them into something. uh, Maybe I should do this as an introductory to role playing and say, "Hey, let's play this." as a one-shot, and then we'll move on. I, I think for me it is probably a go. I, I think that's certainly something that I'd be willing to spend money on, um, although I do it with a little bit with trepidation and knowing that the chances of me actually getting it to the table are a little bit low.
2: So if I'm not still Warble, uh, it's it's a go for me. I mean, obviously since I already bought like, the whole package. And now I'm looking at the Renegade Publishing's website, and they're they're coming out with a... Kids in space and uh, or teens in space and kids on brooms. So I'm like, great. Now they're expanding
0: it to other genres that I think would be cool.
1: Yeah, the kids on brooms could be uh pretty cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, be... I don't think we've we've had any opportunity to play Harry Potter, you know, specifically anywhere else. Um, and I don't think it's something that's going to happen anytime soon, uh, right. licensing licensing wise. So I think that's right. a great great opportunity.
2: And this product, I think, would do a good job with it too. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Josh, do you, uh, do you have a
2: adapter for us? still warbling or
1: not? Currently, we're not warbling.
2: I think my internet betrayed me at the last minute. Um, which is really my way of saying that, of course, I do. Um. Is is that the dad joke? So, the, the long yeah. awkward silence. <laughs> The, the internet going out again. Uh, I don't know. so, I mean, I'm inside with, you know, under quarantine right now, and, uh, I warned my daughter about using her whistle inside the house today. I gave her one last chance.
0: Uh, but unfortunately, she blew it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should let nude listeners know that we have, that we generally, uh, bring up memes and dad jokes on the show frequently. So, um, if you're new, this is a regular segment.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, happen. so.
1: For our bonus episode that you can listen to by backing us on Patreon, we're going to be talking about the uh, Pixar movie Onward. And it uh, seemed like a good tie-in since it has a lot of heavy themes with, with role-playing games. Uh, and then next week, we are going to be uh, doing our breakdowns of Episode Nine and The Mandalorian. So tune I'm so in for those. so excited
2: for all of these. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. What's that Patreon link? Because I gotta go get my Patreon subscription right
1: now. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to go to Patreon and search for Chain Attack, and you should be able to find it.
2: Fantastic.
1: Awesome. Okay. Well, on that note, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to another episode of Chain, Chain Attack. Chain
2: Attack. The lag.